You're Paul. I'm the new Sprintern. Ah, uh, Sprint Plus. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? I'm gonna look at getting an amazing iPhone 8. Yeah, because they have an all-glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to uh, going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow, Paul! Now lease one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com/iPhone, or call 1-800 Sprint One today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, 29.17 a month. Second iPhone 8 after 29.17 a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18 month leases. Early termination results and full balance due. Exclusive tax subject to credit and third day activation restrictions apply. to the paranormal it's the kevin cook show and your hosts kevin cook and heidi hollis well good evening it's good to be back with you for another edition of the kevin cook show and heidi hollis is with us and we're going to have a really good guest and donna voss who heidi is going to talk about a lot of uh women's issues and their perspectives and uh well, I mean, obviously oh. you can relate to that. Uh, I sort find of. women interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can I can find women. I find, but it relates to the political area. In essence, what mm-hmm. women really need to consider in a candidate, oh, and oh. Uh, of course, they need to consider Donald Trump. But then it's, <laughs> hold it's it. Sneaky. Second isn't winning. Nobody pays attention to <laughs> second. That was like I the know. quote from I him. Know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But wait till we New Hampshire will. Wash over Cruz. Although I like Cruz too, to be candid with you. But then that's, you know, I mentioned that before. Cruzy's not too bad. Yeah. But but now we've got some good news stories, and uh, you'll like this one. Um, Alex Jones said this week that Obama, according to the Secret Service, prays to Mecca five times a day. Oh my God. So he's a secret. Islamic plant in the U.S. Yeah, sure he is. Uh, the church that he goes to every Sunday is uh, probably not agreeing with that. <laughs> well, anyway, that's that's what Alex said, and you know, Alex has has, has a fair degree of credibility. But I thought you'd, you'd find that interesting. But if you read between the lines, there's something also very smelly about Justin Trudeau up in Canada, who's tried to snarf up with the Islamists and bring them over and play Angela Merkel up there. And uh, what it is, I, I see a connection with all this. Mm. The, Mer- the Merkel-Obama-Trudeau uh, triad is uh, its the new world order trying to somehow involve Islam in it. I don't know how or what, but the only one standing apart from all this is Vladimir. <laughs> Good old Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> yes, he's he's the only one that could save society. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, you know, I thought she'd fought. Go that, ahead. That's why you know there's a there's a story over here that I thought you might get a kick out, and I wonder what your opinion is. There's a, a an, an old church. Well, it's not that old, but a church here in the suburbs that um, uh, are may be converted to a mosque, and it's All causing right. an uproar. So I, I'm curious what you think of that. I mean it. I don't know. I mean, even for myself being Christian, it's like, wow, to put another faith in there would be kind of 
not feel quite right, but I, I mean, it's just sitting there. Oh, I know. There. I well, don't that's know. probably the way I felt. The only thing I could say on that is probably like I felt in El Paso when uh, there was a Christian church. Uh, my brother-in-law and I were driving by, and it had kind of a funny feel to it. But it was uh, an old Christian church that was taken over by an organization of Satanists. And Ooh. I, and I mean, actually, that there's a whole slew of them in El Paso. But anyway, any rate, were you on the show we had with uh, the El Paso uh, radio show host? Mm, I don't, I don't, it doesn't sound familiar. Uh, maybe not, maybe not. But any anyway, rate, El Paso has a lot of weirdness to it. But anyway, I would probably feel very similar to that. And uh, it's, yeah. uh, but it's, it is weird. Yeah. But, you know, I really, like I say, in all honesty, with 10 lie detectors stuck to me, I don't really care who believes in what as long as they don't beat me over the head with it and don't try to, like, right. Plant, right. you know, skulk up stuff behind the scenes against me. Just go about your business. Right. But uh, it doesn't seem to work too well. But I just thought that was pretty interesting that Alex came up with that. And then this Trudeau guy is a little bit of a, has a little bit of a snaky aspect to him. He really does. Uh, he looks like the kind of guy that, uh, I mean, he looks, uh, you know, like boy next door guy. But what I'm saying, his whole persona is such that if you shook hands with him, you'd immediately go get some Purell hand cleaner and wash it off. <laughs> Purell. <laughs> you know, like, yuck. And, uh, but at any rate, that is, he's a little different. But uh, And the, the Canadians are just, um, there, there's a big, um, he's a very controversial prime minister. Of course, he's the son of uh, Pierre Trudeau, who used to be a big time prime minister back in, I think, the 70s, thereabouts. Mm. But uh, anyhow, that's the latest on that. Now, the North Koreans, <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're not uh, the ones actually that even instigated this because they both do it. But the North Koreans have been sending balloons, helium balloons filled with used toilet paper and cigarette butts and stuff on. over over the, yes over the uh, border with South Korea and see South Korea started it because they they started sending like propaganda stuff you know versus the north over there like the balloons would hold uh, you know pamphlets and things of that nature and then they'd have them explode over the border and distribute these pamphlets and the North has responded by sending balloons with used toilet paper and cigarette butts and whatnot to have them explode over there. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting. Can you imagine little, being under that rain of fire? I don't think I'd want any parts of that. But uh, that that's uh, <laughs> definitely different. I mean, uh, sounds like something Family it, Guy would do. It, it really it is. It sounds like <laughs> something would be on a cartoon, but yeah. it, it actually is going. And. Uh, they're, you know, they're just, uh, they're a little wacky over there, but, uh, and that little midget, he's pretty wacky too, but, but no, uh, that was some pretty good news stories. And, um, I don't know, uh, there's uh, a few things, uh, we've got some good guests coming up too. Yeah. Uh, now next week is going to be a, uh, it might deal with the, the difference. Actually, I don't, I'm not trying to you know, uh, start a show like uh, The View or something. But we're going to have a, a guest next week who's going to, very interesting guest, who's going to talk on, uh, who's been on Coast to Coast just recently too, who's going to talk on the difference between men and women. And uh, there are some differences I've noticed. And uh, 
you know, women are unpredictable little devils. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, the, the, anyway, uh, her, her last name's hard to pronounce, but it's Arda. And like I say, she's just recently on Coast to Coast. And uh, Bill Hall is going to be on the 16th. And he's the one that had that haunted house diaries that we spoke of with Paul Eno, yeah. the house where all kinds of stuff is going on. By the way, I was just on Paul Eno's show. That was fun. Yeah, he he was pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good. Was uh, his son on with him? Or yeah, he was. I sadly, I only had a few hours of sleep, so I was like trying to keep my eyes open. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I understand. I understand. But but anyhow. Uh, Paul's a guest, uh, our friend Bill Hall beyond, and then a major, major, major guest in Hugh Ross, who's a Christian apologist, uh, very, very well-known internationally evangelical. He's an astrophysicist, and he's kind of the antithesis of Stephen Hawking, who thinks, you know, there's no God and all this nonsense. And uh, uh, Hugh Ross actually is going to prove, says that science essentially proves the planned uh, aspect of the universe and what have you. And uh, I'm looking forward to having him. He's a big, big guest. I know you'll like him. Cool. So we got a pretty good lineup. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's a a bunch of UFOs hopping all over Mexico City, but I didn't have much descriptive information about it. They just seeing them and they're playing hide hide and seek with the Mexican Air Force. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean... There's there is stuff literally every day. That's one thing. There's a fellow we've never had, or I mean, he may have probably been on the network, but Peter Davenport with the National UFO Reporting Group. I mean, I know that uh, he's been on coast to coast a lot, and he uh, probably has been on the network because they have so many UFO oriented shows. But there's stuff going on all the time. Right. Anyway, right. we better go to our, our break. We'll be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore, R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore, R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, 
head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. and myself and Donna has written a book one of everything and uh, basically our, we'll have a lot of different varied topics but what women really need to consider in a candidate the real issues and uh, well Heidi I'm glad you're on board because uh, yeah. women, women have been a mystery to me I've been divorced a couple times and uh, uh, they're intriguing but uh, they're exotic creatures and, uh, but well. I don't but, you know, actually, uh, you know, of course, I'm quite fond of them, but um, I don't know what they want all the time. <laughs> so, uh, Good thing Donna's here to the rescue. Well, it was so it's so funny because I think we're so easy to understand. You know, we, we just want the same things all the time. Pay attention to us. And we communicate Char- very well. Very right? well. Very yeah. well. Very well. Mm, not my ex-wife didn't. I couldn't get a word <laughs> out of her with a crowbar. Oh, well. But uh, she was the yeah, exception. So- Right, truly. Well, yes, but she's been married six times, though. Oh. So, and that didn't you know, scare you at the beginning. You didn't think, hmm, maybe I well, should. No, I was number one. I was oh, number one. oh, oh! I, I beg your pardon. She's, but she's made money every time. Oh, in fairness, go. she's done. She's done like fairly she's no well dummy. with it. <laughs> no, she's not the the one that really got away. Was the redhead from Mississippi? But then, who knows? That's the one that uh, the lost love of my life. But uh, that sounds like an entire radio show there. <laughs> well, it would be, but I've, I don't know. But, but no, uh, this, this thing, well, Hillary intrigues the heck out of me, and I, and, and, uh, well, mostly in a negative way, but um, I, um, I don't know, Donald, there's so many issues, and I would like to hear the uh, 
the female perspective on this because I, I, I have my own likes and dislikes, but I'd mm-hmm. like to see how how women do size up to these candidates. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Shall I, I dive in? I don't see. The, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I didn't know if you were waiting for me. I'm, I'm not trying to rush you. But uh, oh, no, no, no. If, if you ask me, I will say she is the wrong candidate at the wrong place at the wrong time. And if you ask me why, I'll say pick a reason, any reason. I mean, she is just a tragic comedy of how not to become president of the United States, in my opinion. <laughs> God bless you, Donna. You're just. Yes, wonderful. I am. I know. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, well, you know. The thing now here's I don't mean you know, it's been my experience. Uh, it's I've had a lot of see me experiences. <laughs> it's been my experience that everything is a conspiracy. Everything. Oh well, you and her and the right wing, vast right wing conspiracy. Well, the thing is though, yes, but in my personal experience, you know, uh, I don't want to beat the story into the ground, but I, you know, I was. Basically we adopted by a mafia family many years ago and and you know they loved me and all that and I, I didn't go to work for them no but I did uh, but well as far as I'm ever going to admit but what I but what I what I did do is they offered me like appointments to the Naval Academy and things like that uh, it, sh- it showed me that uh, you know that there is more to the story and then from business experiences almost everything is a fixed deal I mean Government I contracts. See I see what you're saying. Well, I wouldn't call that as much conspiracy as I would nepotism. So I yeah. like to say that when she, you know, her own, when she was born as a political figure in her own right, Bill Clinton was her labor and delivery coach and his coattails, her epidural. So <laughs> there's really, really the taint of affirmative action and this kind of niggling feeling. Would she ever have gotten there on her own? I, I don't know that it's a conspiracy as much as uh, she's just, I don't know, she's kind of, I, I actually feel sorry for her. I know I know she deserves everything she's getting, but even Scrooge had a heart. And I'm sure that in oh, there yeah. somewhere is a little four-year-old girl who is just desperately frantic to achieve the thing that she has sacrificed her entire life. I mean, her health, her strength, her marriage, whatever. Mm. I mean, she's just, she's just sacrificed everything to hit this goal. And I, I hate to tell you, but I don't think she's going to get that train. I don't think she is either. And even though, um, well, here's the thing. I'm kind of a mess <laughs> politically <laughs> because on one hand, yes, I'm very right wing. Yes. But there are some things Bernie Sanders says that have a lot of validity. I don't like people to starve around and not you know, work 40 hours a week like the ones at Walmart and well, Heidi. Oh, get this. I don't mean to part too much, but there's a there's a woman. Heidi, this yeah. is living. It is okay. Right nearby me is a Walmart and a Sam's Club. You know, door to door to each other, and this woman lives in the uh, juxtaposition between both parking lots in a, I don't know, it looks like about an eighty-five Thunderbird or something, and, and they must be pretty liberal because she lives in that vehicle and has. And she's been there a month, and she puts up like you know, a little cardboard in the. Wind is, and I, I guess you're going to say clean. Christmas lights. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I know, but what I'm saying is, I, I mean, I, I, you know, every time I drive by, I think, well, there's Americana, boy. And I mean, when yeah. I grew up, I didn't, I, I, well, it is. And I mean, it's, it's, I understand Fort Worth is not like the Arctic or anything, 
But it does get down to freezing here. And if you're sleeping in a Thunderbird, <laughs> you would get cold. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of different. And all I'm saying is Bernie Sanders will at least uh, speak up for the average working slob that's kind of downtrodden. And uh, I do care about that. Well, so do I. And so would I speak up for the downtrodden, but in a completely different way. So his way is to, I think as I understand him, is to redistribute the wealth so that it's yeah. more evenly shared. My, <clears throat> excuse me, my way of helping would be to say, look, I'm sorry, <clears throat> I need my own cough button. <laughs> I, I would say, look, if you graduate high school and you wait until you are married to have your first child, you will not be poor in America. There are so many choices you can make that take you out of the downtrodden position. And if you look at economics statistically, most people are moving up and down and up and down. You know, my husband and I were in the 1% once upon a time when we sold a house before we bought another house. And a lot of yeah. people who come up from the bottom, they're just moving up. You know, all these people that don't want to work for a fast food chain, you're not supposed to retire from it. You're supposed to use it as a stepping stone to the next job and the next job. It's yeah. like, you know, your house, you, 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 you buy up every time. You, you get a small house, you sell it, you turn it, and then you get a bigger house and a bigger house. There's nothing wrong with the process. And I, I really I really don't like the idea of giving people, you know, just feeling sorry for them or saying, oh, you know, you poor people, you can't really do what we can do. So let us do it for you. And then you just, you know, don't feel bad about yourselves. I, I really, yeah. really don't like that idea. Well, but, you well, know, there's, I, there's people yeah. that I've run into that have just, you know, things are going great and their job has dropped out from under them. They're, oh, in, their, sure. they're in their 40s and nobody wants to hire them. Oh, they lose their house. They lose absolutely. their car. That, you know, and it's like, well, shoot, you know, it's a good thing we do have some something that can help re these people because they I, do so end up in cars. I, I, agree in the, I agree totally on the, in the, on the safety net. I just don't agree it being a way of life. You know, it's one thing you tell your kids. Right. Don't have sex. In fact, I just had this conversation with my 17-year-old daughter because some of my friends will say, just tell her, just be safe. You know, we just want you to be safe. And my attitude is, no, don't do it. And so I think either way, she's going to do what she wants to do. But the, the guardrails that I'm putting up are in her long-term best interest, I think, in terms of sexually transmitted diseases and, you know, satisfaction later and so when someone says, well, here, you know, we want to make sure you're not uncomfortable, that's one way of approaching it. The other way is, hey, you know what? You are an American. We do not want you to starve or be homeless. We are going to help you out. And we're going to help you find a path to being more independent. So I think the first way is kind of like, a, oh, you know, just settle for it. And the second way is, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. I really needed a hand up. You know, I think most people do like doing for themselves. I, I, I think that sometimes, you know, the culture that people are raised up in, that they don't, they don't know how to look outside of it. And, and they're told, this is what you do and this is how you do it. You know, I, I'm not kidding you. When I graduated from high school, I was asking, you know, different people, so which college are you going to? And, and uh, you know, I was surprised that there were, there were some students that were super excited that their parents were showing them their, their values, their, their tradition. And they're like, oh, you know, now that I'm graduated and I'm 18, I'm going to go downtown and fill out my welfare papers, you know, uh, and like, cool. like that was the, that's what they knew. And they were mm -hmm. excited about it. Yeah. Like they could get their own check now. And I'm like, 
and, and I froze. I'm oh. like, what? You know, <laughs> like it was such a different thing. I would never think that way. And but it's like this is what their parents knew, and this is what they did. And I'm from Wisconsin, where they reformed the welfare system, so oh, it's not. Okay. It doesn't have that, uh, you know, big giant, you know, net now. But uh, you know, it, it's it was uh, it was a wake up call to me. That's for sure. I'm like, wow, traditions are passed down. Well, and North yeah. Korea is the best example of that, just you know, symbolically, because the people of North Korea they think they're the luckiest people in the world because that's what their government tells them, and they have no access to any outside information. Yeah. So there they are eating tree bark, thinking, wow, aren't we? The top mm. of the food chain. Wow, makes sense. Well, it, I will say this though. Okay, I, you know, I'm I'm not a socialist or anything like that. But with it, well, to a certain extent, I, I like safety nets. Yes, but what I'm saying is, <sighs> over the last thirty years, our society has um, devolved as far as uh, the middle class and and the ability to enter it, and. I, okay, let's put it this way. Without trying to be, you know, an egomaniac, I've been good at everything I've ever done. You know, but do uh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when I was just a young kid, I was the best tool and die uh, setter they ever had at oh. Dresser Industries, and you know, and then I, I you know, twenty two, I had my own business in Atlanta, and I'm, I'm not that I'm yes, I'm not a genius by, a, you know, a giant among men, but I, I was successful at different things I've undertaken, but. Not everything, but most things. But what I'm saying is uh, you didn't have to be a genius back then, say in the 70s and 80s, to be quite cap quite successful. I true, mean, true. But if you look at the education in the 70s and 80s, an eighth grader in 1970 was probably better educated than a high school senior today. You know, the, 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 it's been so dumbed down. I, I grew up in San Diego, in a very small area, so there was only oh, one I'm high so school. Oh, I'm so jealous. Are I you love really? San Diego. Yeah, I yeah. love San Diego. Yes. I actually grew up in a place called Coronado. Do you know Coronado? No, I don't. That's where the SEALs it's, train, isn't it? Yes, it's correct. And so it's across the bridge from the city of San Diego. There's a little one-mile-by-one-mile civilian area, oh. and then there's the naval base. But oh, when gosh. I grew up there, there was just the one high school, and I look back now and I think, oh, you know, they ran it like a private school. I ran, I read the Odyssey, the Iliad, Machiavelli, Lolita. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a real, real education. And then my kids come home from high school here and like, Mom, we watched Mr. Holland's Opus today. And <laughs> Mom, we're, Mom we're, we're reading Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, oh, finally, you're reading a Shakespeare play. Well, just one act. So, yeah. and, and, you know, my kids are not dummies either. So this is just how I think trying to make sure no child is left behind you know, you just basically put crumbs on the ground and bring them along. But the ones that really could do better, I think they're so, they're just pushed aside. We're too focused on one end of the continuum, and we've lost all the oomph at the other end. You know, I, I have yes, a question I know. for you. I know. Go ahead. What do you think about this notion that, uh, you know, some of the, the, the lower realms of education that are going on now, it's because, you know, they had great female teachers back in the day because they didn't have many other options, you know, as, as professions, but to be a teacher. So they had all these genius women mm. that were teaching them. And now, you know, women have more options and opportunities. So they're not becoming teachers. What do you think of that mm. argument? I have never heard that before. When mm. I think about all of the women in education, I see it as a negative. I think there's way too much feminization of 
especially elementary school education. And I'll give you an example. My, my youngest is 13. Last year he was in sixth grade, and the school um, policies that you're supposed to read at the beginning of the year and sign off, it says, and I kid you not, we live in a world where it is not safe to defend ourselves. So if you have a, someone hurting you, a bully, you are supposed to just not react and just not and walk I away. Know, and I, and know, I told my bizarre. son, you know what? Never hit first, never hit a girl. But if somebody hits you, deck them. And if you get in trouble, <laughs> if you get oh, in trouble, yeah. I will come to the principal's office with you and I will tell you, tell her or him, usually a her, how proud I am of you. And that's ridiculous. We don't live, we live in a world where it's not safe. Oh, I absolutely ourselves. agree with that. But I think I all that's coming from touchy females, you know, touchy feely women that want to like girls sit around and braid hair and play dolls. And those are not boys. Boys need to be active and they want to have superheroes and guns. And just, it's just so sad yes. to me that they're, that they're killing off the male spirit. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at these kids these days compared to us. And, uh, you know, I, I did go to private schools, military schools, all that. And, uh, I mean, frankly, they're, they're somewhat effeminate these days. Oh, for sure. You know? And, uh, I mean, I was thinking, oh, my God, if I'd run around like that, I'd have been beat with an axe. But, uh, we're, we're coming up to, uh, our first break and uh donna do you want to mention any websites or anything? I, yeah my website is donna carol boss uh just like it sounds d-o-n-n-a-c-a-r-o-l v as in victor o-s-s and it's just a repository of you know 21st century women articles and and yeah. uh, 2016 election articles and my blog is on faith and family and the front page news. I have three different types of blogs. It's just a very, very interesting website to check out. Something for everybody. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like I say, it, it, it. I feel like a stranger in a foreign land in many ways, because uh, society has changed so much. But I definitely agree with you about the the dearth of masculinity. Listen, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ.
to be back with Donna and Heidi. And, uh, oh, I didn't mean to take too long, but I was just uh, checking on the hounds next door, and uh, they're fine. Uh, the, uh, the people aren't so good next door about putting their dogs in in the cold weather, and I, uh, I call the fuzz on them sometimes. So. That's sad. Poor dogs in the cold. Well, I know. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm a problematic neighbor. I feel stuff <laughs> like but uh, that's okay. Everybody's got to have some issues. But, it, but no, some people shouldn't have animals. That's what it really is. <laughs> right. you, you know, Donna, I wanted to ask you. I mean, so you don't feel Hillary is the right candidate. <sighs> is there a best candidate for it when it comes to women's issues, women's views? And perspective, then. Who do you choose? I love Carly Fiorina. It's just so sad. Really? <clears throat> yeah. In fact, today I tweeted out, Carly, Carly, Carly. It's not fair. It's politics. She is so much yeah. more competent, so much more knowledgeable, clawed her way up on her own. I mean, just poised, articulate, good communicator. I mean, everything about her is perfection. I don't agree with every single one of her positions, but you know, we're going to have to, we have to make some compromises. So I would love to see her. In fact, I, d I donated to her political campaign and I have never in my life donated to a political campaign, but I was that excited about her. Now, really? now I think, you know what, sorry, but we got to go with where the energy is and she's just not going to make it. I'm sorry. I yeah. wish she would. Do you look at this whole thing, you know, equally, you know, Republicans versus Democrats, or are you just, you know, for one side of the fence. I would consider both, except that um, I think that um, Barack Obama's like the baby bear, Hillary Clinton's like the mama bear, and Bernie Sanders is like the papa bear of disaster. <laughs> so just those yeah. three, I want nothing to do with. Really? Even though the turnaround with the economy oh, just... Oh, stop. Oh, see, it's Truly. So, it's, it's, oh, no, no. It's you, right no. there in front okay, of everybody. No, it's not. It's do not you, there. Do you follow Twitter at all? I, I follow a lot of things. Okay, the reason I ask you is that I love to follow, like, from Mother Jones and the New York Times to National Review Online and all that. And it's so fascinating to see how completely different ends of the spectrum will look at the very same piece of news. And so when yeah. I say, oh, no, there's no recovery, I know the argument about the recovery, but I've also read the takedown of that argument. I happen to agree with the takedown. I mean, I know that there are so many jobs, but people have stopped looking, they've given up, and my husband as well. My husband was a commander in the Navy. Uh, Six-figure salary when he retired, and then he was yeah. laid off in San Diego as part of the whole downsizing of the military. He, like you say, you know, middle-aged 40, he's, he's 68 now. He was 63 when we moved to Utah. He has never been able to get a real job. He now works, I, I give him credit for his humility and his willingness to provide for us. He works at an hourly wage at a call center. Now that, oh, you know, if, if you want to call that recovery, see, I just think it's, it's how you, it's, you know, lot us. Uh, what is it called? Lies, damn lies, and statistics. That's, I was just thinking that myself. That, 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 that's very much true. And, and what they don't say is that such a hot, tremendous proportion of the population isn't working. I when, think it has given up. It's in the blood, yeah, I think, for the parties to, to just never believe the facts and figures that are given. I mean, it just seems to be just this yeah. line in the sand. It's like, oh, they're liars. No, no, they're I liars. And I it's agree. Like, you know, it's just never an agreement like, okay, we see it here. Nope, nope. Just never happens. Yes, but I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is that, that as far as if there's a test of, you know, society as a group, whatever, 
is that that the percentile that would be considered middle class that could lead some normal form of life, even if it isn't highfalutin, uh, has fallen as a percentage tremendously. Yes. And that's why I, you see, Donna, I guess I'm more conspiratorial in, like I'd start a show, uh, because I believe in conspiracies having been in them. Uh, it's, uh, well, like Hillary, for example, is absolutely beholden as all get out to the Saudis. And if you mm. saw all the air money that's floated to her campaign, yes. it would like True. blow your mind. And uh, and I, this, I started the show with a news piece. And, you know, Heidi has different perspectives than I do. But I, I smell a rat. And I think the logical person would. I, I don't care who's a Muslim and who's not. I don't give a damn if they want to be Hindus, Muslims, or Buddhists, or or jump up and down. I don't care what they do as long as they don't affect me and they don't try to enforce their will on me or do me some ill, they, whatever. Okay. But what I'm saying is, look at all what's happened in Germany mm-hmm. and Europe as, as a whole being overrun with the alien population. Yes. And Justin Trudeau, the, the latest Trudeau uh Prime Minister of Canada is trying to pull the same stuff up there, and uh, Obama and Hillary are making sympathetic sounds towards doing that sort of thing here. And this is bizarre. This is not Americana, and it's not Western civilization. I see a, some overriding hand, is what I'm saying, mm, pushing these agendas. Well, I don't think anything happened by accident. You know, if you're a religious person, you yeah. you think of a specific overriding hand, but even if there isn't a an organized, coordinated overriding hand, I think it is just the, you know, America was the exception, right? We're the exception in all of history that people that yeah. are born into this country, everyday people, can rise above the class they're born into, can make, you know, start a business, be in control of their lives, make an incredible, incredible life for themselves. We are the freest people that have ever lived, but we, I think, have failed to teach our young people how awesome we are. So I went to Berkeley, and I'll tell you, I grew up in Coronado, you know, very Republican, right-wing kind of environment. I hated it, to be honest. Got to Berkeley, loved it, radical, progressive, and I, I was taught that America was imperial, uh, racist, um, let's see, that Castro had done great things for Cuba. I mean, just awful, awful, awful things that I I swallowed hook, line, and sinker. Now, later, I can look back and say, okay, I see why some people said some of those things. But if I hadn't woken up and and kind of come out of that fog, I think a lot of especially young people are in that fog where – here's a good example. I just – I'm also – my second book comes out in a couple of weeks called uh, Hail to the Chief, 10 Questions to Ask Every Oval Office Candidate. And one of the chapters is on – foreign policy. And the question is, do we as Americans think that our society is worth preserving, our Judeo-Christian Western civilization? Is it preserving? Do we have the right to, to defend it? Are we willing to bomb innocent civilians to protect it? Because that's really the crux of it. Every enemy we fight now is smart enough to know that we don't like to bomb innocent civilians, that they can get a lot of leverage if we do. So they're going to use that, right? There's no way we can go forward and not. We either have to go, you know what, we're on our knees, we give, or, sorry, we just have to go forward and, you know, it's such a, such a dilemma. And I don't, I don't know that I really have made up my mind. I, I lean heavily toward, I don't want to see this culture die. 
I mean, I can't imagine oh, I this, this culture not being around and able to influence. I mean, we have done – it's so good for for people to be either in this country or benefited from this country or inspired by this country. And yeah, I know we have problems. Yeah, you know, I know. So does every husband, right? Every husband has issues. Every wife – as you know, every wife has issues. Sure. It doesn't mean that overall they're not a really quality person. No. No, it doesn't. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, the, the, you know, people like the smart aleck American ex- exceptionalism and stuff, but think about what a world it would be like without it. Absolutely. I, I mean, who's been the bulwark of, of uh, whatever freedoms that do exist versus the Soviet Union and communist China and et cetera? And I know that there's a lot of vested interest to pull the strings here, but I think even they are restrained for the moment because of what freedoms we do have. Well, look, Donald Trump. I mean, nobody who pulls the strings wants him anywhere near the presidency. And yet it's the people who, I don't know if they're just mad or having a hissy fit, or they really, really, really want him to be president. But man, he is, you know, on fire. Well, I think think a lot of people do view him as an independent party that basically holds true to uh, American exceptionalism and, and has some... I think they see flaws in him like every other human being, but still, I think he's the closest they feel they're going to get to somebody that would resemble what would be considered a real American without vested interests or being bought off like the Saudis or whatever. Okay, well, here's my theory about that. In fact, I want to blog about it tonight for The Blaze. Eight years ago, that was exactly what the progressive left thought about Barack Obama, right? Because he was an unknown they could project whatever they wanted onto him. Oh, you know, he's going to be this and do that and the other. Right. Well, it's exactly the same today with Donald Trump. In fact, I heard a woman on the radio the other day saying, well, I know he's, you know, been in favor of just taking over private property for businesses. But when he gets into the office, I think he would, you know, <laughs> care more about yeah. America. I'm like, that's like thinking your, your fiancé is going to change when he's your husband. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I think polit- politicians are all just like, you know, they speak big until, you know, they Agreed. get to where they want to be. And then, then they fall yeah. short. They're like, oh, I get comfortable. I'm from, but, Chi- I'm in Chicago, oh, where okay. half of the politicians are yeah. in prison or going mm. to prison, including yeah. the sheriff, you know, and it's like, you know, it just blows my mind how, how they do what they do and think they won't be caught in lies and backstabbing and, and, you know, back pay for things. And it's just like, you know, I just sit and laugh. I, I'm originally from Wisconsin, and it's like to hear this crap all the time. It's just I, I look at the face value of these people, and it means nothing. They're trying to get ahead. They, it, you hope that their words really are, you know, meaning what they're going to do. But I think that, you know, the powers that be really don't have the powers that they wish. I agree. They had. That's what I think. I think they, a lot of them, mean what they say. And then they get in office and they realize, oh, my gosh, they're in a straitjacket. You know, they, there's very little exactly. they can do. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. Well, that's yeah. come up. Actually, Donna, that's come up in a show we just had. We've talked about before relative to UFOs where, uh, I mean, I know that's an extreme topic far off the field of politics, but in some ways not. Because Hillary brought <laughs> this up just uh, Oh, I know. I heard that. And uh, the gist of what Bill said, and I think there was some truth in what he said. Uh, Like I mentioned on that show, uh, oh, famous correspondent for the Washington Post, old gal, Sarah something or other. Uh, She used to be at all the news conferences whenever the presidents were smart enough to be able to answer questions. (laughs) And uh, she asked Bill about that, and he, he 
he said specifically, uh, I tried everything I could do to find out and was just thwarted in it. And, uh, and I, you know, of course, he's had other aides that have uh, made efforts to find out UFO information, told to mind their own business. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, that goes back through half a dozen of them that have said that. So, yes, there are powers that be that do control things. And then you go all the way to the Jesse Venturas that we've had on. He's convinced that there's seven uh, seven uh, families that rule the U.S. basically, is, and d- does he call them the Bilderbergers? Have you yes, heard of that society? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I have. And and Jim Mars uh, has said the same thing. And Mars is a very, very good investigative reporter. Jim Mars, uh, he's been mm-hmm. on recently. And so, in other words, there's all kinds of vested interests out there. And the only reason I brought that up at the top of the show is that I've had my little brush with vested interests of extreme power. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly I'm just an old salesman, but I mean, I have run across some very strange circumstances. You're Paul. I'm the new Sprintern. Ah, uh, Sprint Plus. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? I'm gonna... Look at getting an amazing iPhone 8. Yeah, because they have an all glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to. Uh... Going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow, Paul. Now lease one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, 2917 a month. Second iPhone 8 after 2917 a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18-month leases. Early termination results in full balance too. Exclusive tax subject to credit and third occupation restrictions apply. And uh, they do exist out there. And uh, it's possible the president can't do as much as he would like to do, yes. I think that's almost certainly true. And uh, but... Because one thing about Bill Clinton, I mean, he had his pros and cons, but he would periodically really tell the truth. And uh, <laughs> That's ironic. I know, it really is, isn't it? But because uh, one time uh, when he just got out of office within a couple months and he was running around his New York office after he got out of the presidency, they asked him as he was getting, before he got in a taxi, some reporters said, well, what's all this with, you know, the run up to the you know, the first uh, Gulf War, you know, and uh, we, you know, when Bush, Bush just got in there and they were going to go chase down Saddam Hussein and all this, uh, they said, uh, you know, they asked Bill about it and he said, no, it's not a national security issue. Saddam Hussein wasn't a threat a couple of months ago when I was in office. He's not now. And that's all a bunch of baloney. This is during the time when there was all this frantic search for the weapons of mass destruction that never showed up to justify the invasion. So, Bill will tell the truth periodically. He will. Unless he's bombing Bosnia to take attention off Jennifer Flowers and Juanita Brown. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, he's selective on what he tells us. But he, when he does, he, he is forthcoming. And, uh, and certain others, too. I mean, uh, at one time. But it's time, easy to be forthcoming about somebody else's truth. Right. Yeah. I would well, look for yeah. them to be like Ben Carson. My goodness. You know, I, I don't think oh. he's going to make it. But man, what? integrity what honor and i i would believe what he says i i honestly would not question i well, don't know if i'd I say that for carson anybody else i really think carson has some integrity he may not have the oh for sure constitution to be a president but but he does <laughs> i don't, does I don't know integrity. where he got the gumption though it'd be like i think i'm gonna run for president i know, I know. <laughs> where'd that come don't you from? wonder it's about that, that. <laughs> it's that like, is wow a, I, really, yeah, <laughs> I think but, if how you have enough have like uh, Dozens of awards, civic awards and stuff. He does. But if you have yeah. enough people around you, you know, kind of petting you and just, oh, please run. I mean, all you need is what, 200, 500 people to make you think, yeah, yeah. And he's got enough appeal that, you know, 
people are interested and, and he does make progress. It's just so far afield from what you know did. the Donald Trumps or the Ted. Cr- yeah, exactly. I'd exactly. like to be a princess, but you know, people have told me, "Gosh, how do you make a great princess?" But I never would look to create that in my exactly. lifetime. You know, it would be like weird. a president <laughs> retiring and then wanting to be a neurosurgeon after watching a class on YouTube or something. <laughs> exactly. He's That's just a little, he's a little too laid back for. I agree. What we I agree. I agree. But he he does have integrity. I really do, and right. I think that would be an impediment to him, really. But I guess you know. I, Everything really is fixed in a certain sense. And, uh, well, now here's one for you. Now, I'm going to throw this one at you. You think I'm ready for spot the loony or something. But uh, it's been raised in some quarters that the New World Order controls everybody on the world scene except Vladimir Putin. Except him? Well, then he must be the head of the New World Order. Oh, no, no, Vlad's not, no. Oh, oh, no. Kevin loves Vlad, never in the oh. Vlad. <laughs> yeah. Really? Shirtless Vlad? Mm, he loves Oh, him. well, I don't care about that. He's just a little twerp, but I'm just saying that uh, he <laughs> has some integrity. He really does. And actually, Vlad has made statements to the effect that he's not going to allow Russia to be polluted with New World Order propaganda. Uh. Well, you know, you got to give a, you got to give credit where credit is due and someone who sticks to their guns when it's unpopular. I do respect that. Well, Vlad, I mean, I'm sure he's an evil little dictator and he's mm-hmm. got a lot of notches on his gun and all that. But uh, but now I know there is a new world order because that's the Bilderbergers and all that. And there's a lot of evidence to that effect. And uh, and also, like I said, in all the seamy little scenario I see with Europe and Canada and the, all of a sudden people hopping around Texas of all places want to have Sharia law. And I'm mm-hmm, thinking, well, I know. I mean, Texas and I, I, I mentioned this on another show, but I, I, I find a kindred spirit in you. And uh, what what happened was there was a uh, a big dust up where the mayor of Irving, Texas, which is uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth metro area, uh, said, we're not going to ha- beautiful gal. She said, we're not going to have uh, any Sharia law around here. You guys are crazy. And what they did is that three weeks later, they were going to have basically a rally or convention at the Irving Convention Center. And on CBS News here, they said, they're very cryptic. They didn't go into description, but they said, don't go down there, drop it. Don't even go by the Irving uh, Convention Center that, that time, the, that evening for the meeting. But they didn't, they didn't elaborate. And I thought that was very weird because obviously most news stories would go on endlessly about why they'd say something like that. But there was going to be some tremendous bloodbath down there. Mm. Mm. And that happened just that way. And I, and a lot of other people thought that was pretty bizarre the way they went about talking about it. But uh, in other words, it's just wouldn't be allowed around here. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be anyway. I mean, you have Wisconsin law or California law or something or Texas law. You don't have Sharia law. No, but I mean, we, we are probably of like mind, but there are a lot of people who think that we are provincial, you and Heidi and I, you know, backwards. Heidi is provincial, yes. (laughs) You know, the the elite, the the highly educated elite who think they know so much better than the rest of us, we may want the American culture and the American society, and they want open borders. And, you know, just it's it's just the opposite. I think we probably have the same, we want people to be happy, we want good lives for everybody, but they have a completely different way of going about it. 
And one right. thing I was going to say about the book, that my 10 questions to ask every Oval Office candidate, I make it clear in there that some of these questions are interesting because they speak to the person's character, but the president will have no power over them. So don't make your decision based on that. Roe v. Wade, it doesn't matter who's in office. That's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, what they do have power over is small business regulation and how it's so overregulated. They have power over parents' relationship to their children. You know, should a 14-year-old girl be able to get an abortion without her parents' yeah. knowledge or permission? So those are the really meaty things that you can evaluate a candidate on because a lot of them just, it doesn't matter. I mean, gay marriage, gay marriage is not going anywhere. It doesn't matter who's in office. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, there's a question in the chat room, and they're asking, and they, they referred me over to libertyzone.com, and they asked uh, if you're aware that the United States Congress has installed all 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto <laughs> since 1848. Are you I aware did. of that? I was not aware of that. Yeah, well, and there's a list, uh, and it's, um, goodness, heavy progressive or graduated income tax, abolition of all rights of inheritance, abolition of private property and application uh, of all rents of land to public purposes, confiscation of property to all immigrants and rebels, uh, centralization mm -hmm. of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. Like, there's just there's a whole slew of stuff. So it's kind of wild. I, that's I've not that's heard true. I now that you say it that way, I do I do understand that because I think we're already socialism light, which is mm -hmm. why Bernie Sanders is not such a reach, you know, <laughs> really because we already have most of it in place. It would just be doubling down on it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, he's he just kind of came out of nowhere, didn't he? He's just like fighting mad, Lord. you know. And I always say the Republicans are fighting mad. I'm like, God, they always seem so angry, but he's really ticked off, and that fist is raised. And I'm like, wow, he's he's a different. Well, do you know sort. he gets like eighty eighty five percent of the youth are, are oh yeah yeah that's because they yeah. don't know anything. You know, they think yeah. well, everything's about income, just like Marx did. It was all an economic argument. I remember when I was at Berkeley talking to a good friend and. They were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, how they would cut off welfare payments to women after a certain number of children. And I remember saying, "How dare they? How dare they? You know, penalize poor women and not allow them to have children." Now that I'm a taxpayer and a mother, well, yeah. Why? Why should you just have kid after kid after kid when you aren't able to support them? So it's a completely different viewpoint after you've been out in the world and, you know, had a family, then you just have a, a more, I think, pragmatic view. And these young kids are just like, yeah, Bernie Sanders, when Bill Clinton was elected in 96, I listened to his inauguration speech. And I remember my heart just leaping. Yes, he's going to unify us as a president. He's going to bring, you know, blacks and whites together. And we're going to have, you know, lollipops and sunshine. And that was because I was however old at 22. Yeah. Well, we're always They're... hopeful, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Hope springs eternal. Yeah. Well, you know, Heidi, Heidi's, Heidi's no, no dummy. She's just sweet. <laughs> and, 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 uh, Thank you, Kevin, I think. <laughs> she, she's, not jaded, she's not jaded like I am. Because, uh, you know, I'm very cynical, you know. And, uh, oh, but uh, I would like to have hope for a candidate. But, I, I, you know, actually, this Cruz guy may not be that bad. Oh. You know what I think would be a really exciting ticket, I don't know if it would ever happen, is Donald Trump as president and Ted Cruz as vice president. Oh, so yeah. Donald Trump would never take the second position, but he would be so powerful and energetic and charismatic in shaking things up. Ted Cruz, I think, does have the humility 
to agree to the second position if it's for the good of the country. And he would be phenomenal if Donald Trump just shakes it up and makes paths. Ted Cruz knows exactly what needs to happen. He can get it done. He's consistent. You know, I just I think that I would be excited about. Short of that, mm. I don't know. I would be very scared of his decor he would put in the White House. He'd probably <laughs> go to the Trump House and have oh, a lot funny. of gold furniture. Oh, I know. Ah, so oh, tacky. Oh, hey, I, I've got a lot of his dress shirts. I think they're oh. nice. <laughs> oh, my. My goodness. You know, well, interesting how they used against him. Cruz used New York values, and that knocked him down. How about that? What do you think of that? Did it, did it really knock value? him down? Because I thought initially it did, but then later... It was kind of like you get hit in the face with cold water, and then you think, oh, you know what? That felt good. I thought that initially he took a hit, but then later people thought, you know what? We know what he's talking about. And Donald Trump, he he did have a very good comeback in that debate. But when you really look, there are New York values. There are New York values, and there are um, middle America flyover values, and they're not the same. Mm. But what are New York values? I mean, I— Oh. I mean, truly, it's like, how do you define it? I've oh, gone to New York and people barely acknowledge that you're breathing next to them. But I mean, what else are we talking about? I'm thinking sophistication. I'm thinking elite education, um, yeah. you know, very, very worldly, very cosmopolitan, very, very turned off by traditional values and religion, mostly Christian religion, things mm-hmm. like that. Things where when I when I graduated from high school, I left all that behind because I thought it was stupid. I was white, middle class and 17. And I thought my parents were stupid and everything they believed in was stupid. And I went to Berkeley. I'm like, yeah, this is how it is. You know, so you down with the man. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, know, I tell you what, we're then, just about coming up to the top of the hour break. Go ahead, and Donna, and mention your website one more time because okay. people's memories are short. Sure. It's Donna. CarolVoss.com, or if they're interested in the book, they can just go to oneofeverythingbook.com, takes them to the same place. That's, that's, this is some very good stuff. It's stuff that uh, we usually don't get on uh, very often in this, and uh, I look forward to the next uh, segment. Now, uh, I, I don't know the birth control thing and the uh, abortion issue. That, we'll have to deal with that. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Are you looking for a cure for boredom? Never worry. IRN's new interactive website introduces a number of ways to pass time while you listen to your favorite show. Choose anything from the IRN Chat Lounge, the Game Lounge, Video Lounge, or the Mood Lounge. These fun, exciting features let you chat in real time with fellow listeners, view live skywatches, play daily posted online games, or pick a show based on topic. The choices are endless. Use your time wisely by keeping it all on IRN. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. 
Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E.com. Simple, raw, organic. with Donna and Heidi and uh, we were talking during the break about Rubio and to be candid with you Rubio is a, a urinary tract infection <gasps> person well uh, tell us how you really feel <laughs> well I, I did I, I've pulled a few punches on that but but no <laughs> uh, he he's in bed with the Koch brothers and he, he has just a little Weasley car salesman feel about him <laughs> okay. he really does now that that's His just me I'm not high. well he's just an evil little man, but I mean, oh gosh. I, I'm writing that's all this down my, so I can research that's it. That's just that's just my impression, but it, it has some validity in in, uh, in background. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying he's evil incarnate like Satan personified, but there's something really wrong about that little weasel. There really mm. is. Yeah. Interesting perspective. That's just my opinion, but uh, I wouldn't be voting for him anytime soon. But he, now he did have a fairly good showing, which was yeah, surprising. yeah. But that's because Iowans are gullible and they don't have New York values. <laughs> <laughs> well, then how come Trump came in second? Well, I, I well, yes, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the truth of the matter is he did. Rubio did a lot of uh, hustling around to these little community events, which you need to do up there. And Donald didn't do as much as he should have. Well, uh, I'm, th- I'm thrilled with the outcome because if Donald had won, it would have been in the bag, right? This way, it's really a horse race. And I'm glad it's not just Cruz yeah. and Trump, but that Rubio is at least in there because the more, the more each new candidate, and only three, not 15, please, but three candidates will learn more about each one for them yeah. having to run against each other. So for the Republican side, I think it's ideal that we have three strong candidates that we can now it vet. Could it could it be. Could I, be. I'm, just, I'm just very happy that Chris Christie didn't do well. I was shocked. One percent, one percent. My husband thinks it's because he's not he a real... Obama. Nobody ever forgave him. That's what no, that's bad. That was a terrible thing to do. Of course. I know. <laughs> but also, Chris Christie is is just a typical Jersey 
type, uh, you know, you know, close the bridge just to, you know, mm. twist the screws on people. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a little Northeastern bully type. And, uh, you know, just, but now I'm not saying he's that bad. If, honest to goodness, if it came down to either, if, if Trump and, and Cruz were off the choices, I would pick Christie, but it would be with holding my nose, but I right. would do it. That's what the responsible adult does. Yeah. You just have to but pick. Now, you have to go forward. Now, I do one thing I will say about Christie, in spite of him being obnoxious, is that he would not try to subvert American values or try to work, in, and as best as I can tell, work to our detriment. I think he would put an effort to do right by the U.S. as much as possible. And I, I could be wrong. I hope that's true. I, I would tend to agree with you. But if we're bad-mouthing people, what about Kasich? Kasich, he's just like a, a, a Kleenex. He's just <laughs> Well, if he has nothing more to say than my father was a mailman, my father was a mailman. And then, you know what? He talks about how well the economy's doing. He has fracking. Of course it's doing well. You know, he's got the luxury of, yeah, yeah, we balanced our budget. Yeah, we've got a surplus here. Well, say why, dude? Well, he's just like a non-entity. But I agree, but why is he still there? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Nobody really deals with this issue it's been mentioned on the little you know under a lamppost at midnight sometimes the reason they do it is they take in all this money uh, and they never give it back they have to spend it uh, like like lindsey graham there was probably three guys uh, in south carolina that would vote for lindsey graham and everybody was raising issues why is this bozo still hanging around they spend the money and uh, hmm. they'll do anything to hang around till the money's gone. That's See, that's very insightful, and I bet you're you're right. But what I was thinking as well is that if they make a good showing, then they sort of are applying for a job in the cabinet. Like I'll I'll be your secretary of. Oh yes, there there could be some of that too. That you but know, the money, were, you you're know. right. Follow the money. And you know. It's so crooked that nobody ever talks about it, but like Hillary had money left over from the last time. And I don't mean just a little, I mean right. several hundred million. These people are worth, Donna, I know. Like like seven, eight hundred million dollars just that we know of. And yeah, none of crazy. them have ever made more than a couple of, well now Hill now Bill did make a lot of money on speeches, I'll grant you. But not the kind of money we're talking about. And Obama's like Worth of in the hundred, oh, hundred oh, million dollar range. You want you know who's going to make a fortune on speeches is President Obama, former President Obama. Fifty, what is he? Fifty six, fifty seven, and so he will hit the lecture circuit, and he will be so hot and so in demand. I mean, gosh, if oh, oh. if 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 he wanted that career, all he needed was to be the president to get there. I know he wanted to be president, but man, there's n- no higher oh, yeah. visibility job after that. But Barack Obama, the first black American president, articulate, wonderful speaker, likable guy. Man, he's going to kill. Oh, I well, he that. could. He really For could. Sure. He really could. Because, you know, Giuliani, uh, oh, I kind of like Giuliani, but uh, he was worth like $3 million when he left the mayor's job in New York. And then he went on the speaker circuit after mm-hmm. the 911 thing and all that. Mm-hmm. And Rudy was worth $70, $80 million by the time he got off the speaker's tour. Isn't it funny that Americans will pay more for talk 
than they will for just about anything else. Just talk to me and I'll oh, pay yeah. you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just crazy amounts. Yeah, we're paying Kevin tons of money. <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> but, you know, but really, the thing is, nobody ever talks about that issue is why they hang in there. And the money just is – it's like in a slush fund. I mean huh. – uh, they even asked the Koch brothers once, do you want the money back from such and such? Said, nah, what do we want it for? We got plenty. I mean, they didn't, they didn't want any rebates. And because uh, you'd think if there was unused money from the campaign, in theory, you would rebate it to your bigger contributors or whatever if it was unused for that purpose. But they don't. You taught and, me something tonight. I had never, ever thought of that. Well, it, it is true, but I always look to the seamy end of things. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it, you, you do seem to. It always seems to be <laughs> applicable. And, uh, well, really I mean. Monsanto, too. How do you say Monsanto? Yeah. <laughs> now, my ex-wife, my second ex-wife uh, worked for Monsanto. Oh, really? But you have some stories to tell? No, he can't stand Well, it. Well, no, actually, uh, she and I get along okay. But, uh, but what it is is... Um, what they would do, yes, they're filthy slime, but, but what they would do is they'd wait till 5 o'clock, and that's when they'd release the emissions down in Texas mm. City, Texas, because uh, the EPA in, uh, inspectors went home at 5, like a clockwork. So as soon as the whistle blew, you could let hot sulfuric acid loose. They wouldn't care. Oh, and, uh, and, and, yes, the GMO thing is not cool. Uh, it's not. I, I don't know. I wonder about that. You know, I for one, for instance, they can modify rice to yeah. bump up the vitamin A, which really will combat a lot of blindness in in poorer countries. What is wrong with that? What is wrong well, with genetically I think modified the idea food? Being, I think the idea being is that it would let loose things they don't know what they can. I mean, unintended consequences. Right, but they should be more worried about unintended consequences of social policy. You know. GMO is nothing well, compared to all the other mm -hmm. stuff they get involved in. Well, I know, I know. But now Vladimir did say there's not going to be any GMO stuff in, in Russia. He did say Really? Hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're a dictator, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> I know, little, I know. Little dictator. Little dictator. Little shirtless Yeah, dictator. he is a little dictator. Oh, oh. I just keep seeing him in my head like that. I know. It's, it's like burned in my brain. I can't ever get rid of it. His baby yes, bare chest. Know, I, his little yes, man boobs. Know, I know some people... <laughs> I know some people of some people who used to drink with him in D.C. when he came to Washington. He was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm great sure. Life, but life he could drink party. anybody under the table. He really could, and he was a great arm wrestler. You wouldn't think a little twerp would, could do that, but he was. But, uh, uh, but anyway, he, he saw enough negativity in GMOs to keep him out of Russia, for example. That's fine. I'm not arguing for them. I'm just saying, let's not throw yeah. the baby out with the bathwater. There are, you know, oh, fossil know. fuels are good, and plastic is good, and plastic bags are, you know, let's just be reasonable. Just a little bit of moderation. Well, I, I don't have enough scientific uh, investigation that I've done into it, but I've heard some negatives about GMOs, yes. But, I mean, if somebody had a 45 to my head, I'd have to admit that I don't have the scientific uh, info to really state equivocally one way or the other about it. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm looking at your website here, Donna, and you've got a book coming out pretty I do. soon. When is that coming? I think it will be out in a couple of weeks. It's just in the final stages of the production process. It's coming out as an ebook. Only people will have a chance to do a print um, a print version if they want just a one-off. But it's got such a short 
shelf life between now and the election. So we just thought ebook would be the quickest and the easiest. It'll be available Amazon, iTunes, everywhere. But I'm really excited about it, and I loved writing it because I've been thinking about these things for a long time, and I I I just feel like this voice is not heard. You know, the the Ben Carson. Uh, position that we really are an exceptional country, that um, we have the right to defend ourselves abroad. Th- these ideas, and in the book, I say, uh, I I love the Camille Paglia quote at the beginning of my book. It says, "Read widely and think for yourself." So I'm not trying to tell yeah. anybody how to vote. I'm saying these are my, this is my thinking about it. This is my conclusion about it. But you know, take it or leave it on your own. Just think it through. Just think about these things. It's called Hail, Hail to the Chief and Ten Questions to Ask Every Oval Office Candidate. Yes, love it. Sounds good. You know, Heidi's a prolific author herself. She puts them out every six months or so. <laughs> I, I love to yeah. write. Yeah, what on the paranormal write? and oh, not okay. so odd topics as well. So uh, Jesus uh, encounters and. You know, demon encounters, alien encounters, oh, all that, all that good stuff. So, and you were talking before the show that you like these odd topics, and I'm just dying to know why. Why do you like those odd topics? <laughs> you know why? Because I actually feel like I have a stronger connection with the, I don't know, call it what call it, spirit world or the afterworld. I'm here in the real three dimensional earth life, but I feel so aware of what's going on. In fact, when I, I'm very religious now, but way back in my Berkeley days, I was a nursing home administrator. And every morning, every morning we would get together and we would stand, they called it the stand-up meeting. And they would just tick off the little old people who had quote unquote expired during Mm -hmm. the night. And I remember just, you know, in my early thirties, I would get a little thrill at the idea that we had, you know, been at their transition from this life to the next. So I've always had a really strong connection. I love near-death experiences. Oh my gosh, I could just... We have a lot of shows on that. That's my favorite topic, too. Me too. So you're one of the few people that would know that what what I mean when I say I'm an occupational therapist. Oh, are you really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so, one of the few like people that would know that... what I mean when I say I'm a nursing home administrator. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so it's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, well, that is pretty cool. And uh, awesome. no, we have. Uh, I wrote a book on um, Mar- uh, Marian apparitions because I had some religious religious experiences in that connection in New York. And uh, one of the few uh, books I, on the topic out there, by the way, that he wrote. It's awesome. Yeah, there's only I'll one. I'll have of, to look him up. Yeah. Well, it's it's called Marian apparitions are real. I, well, I was doing some property shopping up in upstate New York, and I had converted Catholicism from being an Anglican uh, a couple of years previous. And uh, I experienced the odor of sanctity, and uh, oh, it was like being hit in the face with a tuna. It was very. Uh, <laughs> and I, there were also some subsequent experiences. I had my local church here, and uh, you know, evil old buzzard that I am, I guess you know, God's used me for that, and uh, it does give me a sense of uh, of assurance and comfort. It does. And uh, Heidi's had all kinds of uh, experiences. Uh, she's. Visions of Jesus. And, really? Wow, that's yeah. neat. I, I've, yeah, I, that really I've is. I felt cursed for a while, but now I realize it's just it's just something that runs in the family. That's what yeah. Teresa Caputo said. She had really bad anxiety almost all of her life until she realized <laughs> what it was that she was experiencing. And then she realized, oh, I can actually work with this and protect myself from, like you oh, said, the darker guys, spirits. I don't, I, don't mean interrupt, I don't mean interrupt, but we're at our last break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back.
You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Inception Radio Network listeners, would you like your favorite show to be played live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands with IRN's Live Request Portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's Live Request Portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, and even write a dedication message. That's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Click on the Live Request tab under the show menu. Playing your favorite show is just a mass click away. Hello, IRN listeners. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E dot com. Simple, raw, organic.
Well, it's good to be back with Donna and Heidi. And uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, also, I, I know, like I said, Rubio is an awful fiend, and I'm sure he is, but but he's just a slithery little used car salesman of a worm guy. And he, honest engine, he is bought and paid for by the Koch brothers. And, okay. Uh, I, I'll, but, I'll take it on face value. I wrote it down to check it out. But, but you know, uh, you know, one of the things that we had as perspective, uh, oh, topic was this illegal immigration thing. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't have a hate on for Latins. It isn't like I'm, you know, I don't want to barbecue them for lunch or something. But, I mean, you have to have some point where you're going to try to protect your indigenous Native Americans and not have all the jobs just uh, and, and all this baloney about, oh, they're taking jobs that Americans wouldn't do. Well, that's so much BS. Well, I let mean, me tell you, it is because I live in Utah and it yeah. is as white as white can be. And let me tell you who the gardeners and the housekeepers and yeah. the CNAs, they are blonde and blue eyed. So right. don't tell yeah. me Americans won't take these jobs. Oh, truly. I mean, we we all took those jobs to get through college. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole idea. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, so, but the people wouldn't come if these jobs weren't being given. You know, it's the business owners that need to be. Right. You know, I agree with that. Really scrutinized. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, like, for example, we had this this thing came up on one of the recent shows, Donna, is that Obama and his uh, running dogs are uh, trying to expand and have expanded the number of uh, technical. Uh, they give lifetime work. H1B visas, you mean? Yeah. A million a year. And like one of the co-hosts of, or one of the people that has a show on this network, uh, well, a friend of his son is an engineering graduate I mentioned, and he had graduated like summa cum laude at, with a mechanical or electrical engineering uh, major, one of the two. It took him two years to get a job as an engineer, and you're figuring someone with a summa cum laude background and, and all that, they have colleges lining up to sign him up. I mean, uh, employers lining him up to hire him, and that wasn't so. And he pressed the issue, and he found out that the reason is they were hiring all these Indian graduates mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. at a lesser salary. Right. So there's all these vested interests running right. around in here. And who the heck, I guarantee you, if, if Guatemalans were coming across the border in Mexico, they'd be shot. They are. Shot. Mexico's southern border is vicious. It I mean, is. They don't let anyone over. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And uh, the same would be true in any South American country. If the Colombians were raiding the Venezuelan jobs, they'd, they'd get uppity about it. In other words, you have to have some loyalty to your people. Right. And uh, it doesn't seem like it exists. There's all kinds of vested interests going on that have, and they don't have the Americans' best interests at heart. No. Well, I don't know if it's short-sightedness or hidden cruelty, but when we allow especially Mexican immigrants, to not have to learn English, to not be required to function as easily and as quickly in this society as the rest of us. They're at such a disadvantage for jobs. They're at such oh, a disadvantage no. for being taken advantage of in business. And the idea of bilingual education is the worst. I was an exchange student in France, thrown in, immersion. Nobody, nobody gave me bilingual oh, wow. education there. So I think, especially these kids, they're doing it at, at schools. When is the best time to learn a foreign language? When you're young, you absorb it like a sponge. Oh, yeah. Don't put them in Spanish English classes. Immerse them in English. Right. Give, them, give them a really good head start. 
Okay. Well, I know from a fact, like some, you know, uh, I, you know, I was raised in Florida for the most part, but my, my mother. Oh, that's why you don't York. like Rubio. Got it. <laughs> well, <laughs> partially, but my mother was from New York and, uh, and you know, the, you got to hear about what New York was like, such a melting pot, but nobody wanted to be a must, what they used to call a mustache Pete back then, where, you know, like the Italians for the most part I'm talking about would come over and they speak in broken English. No, they wanted to speak good English. Right. And, and uh, it, it was not a deal like let's accommodate their circumstance. No, let's learn good English. Right. And the whole, the, everything is turned upside down from what it was. Well, I think it's the self, um, you know, we good people, if if they are accused of certain things, like racism is really a big one, they will just fall all over themselves to reassure people, oh, no, 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 we're not racist. I think the same is true of America. We've been accused of so many awful things. We're, no, 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 no. We, we're not xenophobic. We're not uh, bigoted. We're not homophobic. And so we make decisions that are very, very self-destructive in the interests of you know, pleasing people or calming down. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like about Ted Cruz. I, I don't think he necessarily goes about it the right way. A bull in the china shop is not always the best yeah. thing. But you got to give him credit that he does not try to make nice just so people are nice no. to him. No. <laughs> he really doesn't. No. He really doesn't. No. And, you know, I, I wanted to say, too, you know, my, my mother spoke Polish. I don't know a lick of Polish. And wouldn't that be wonderful <laughs> if you did? Well, I wish I did, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, old school. You're in America. You speak Right. But Polish, I think you if, if you speak the native language at home mm-hmm. and English in public, perfect. I mean, wouldn't that be the ticket is to have yeah, fluent in two languages, no accent in either language? Oh, I would kill. I would, I, I would. I wish, you know, I really wish that, uh, you know, especially being here in Chicago now, there's a lot yeah. of Eastern Europeans here. Right. It's like, oh, really? Right. I really wish I knew. Well, you know, I but, studied uh, French and I speak French. And when do you think oh, I use French? I studied like German. <laughs> I feel you. I, German <laughs> six years. Hard. <laughs> no, it's not. French is easy. Well, French I, and Spanish I, are romance languages. There you go. I know. I, I was extremely good at Latin, but I mean, I, I guess I was... I, I don't know. I, I wasn't that good a student at that time, and mostly I was infatuated with the French teacher. And <laughs> I don't know. I just well, if you no, read I, um, sappy nineteenth-century novels, you get a French education just with the words they use. You know, yeah. every now and then there's italics in French. Oh, I mean, I got I passed the courses and and all that, but I mean, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, favorite uh, languages weren't my favorite. Uh, science and what have you, but but no. Uh, I don't know, but everything is upside down from what it was. And like I say, take the races, the race out of it and all that. I mean, you have a loyalty to your people. And like the example of the kid with the, the summa cum laude circumstance, that's an extreme example. And this kid didn't have any other deficits like, you know, anything bizarre, like a nervous tick or something. Jeez. <laughs> Tourette's. Tourette's. Yeah, that's good to know. Young kid, you know, and I know others uh, in similar circumstances, and uh, of uh, like, for example, I'd mentioned there was a subway kid that had a master's from TCU, a very expensive school, and and of course he had it in radio and TV broadcasting, which was a big mistake. But (laughs) but what I'm saying is that still, I said, kid, you mean you you, your dad put up two hundred grand for your college and. And this is what you got, That's and crazy. and the best the best he improved himself from the subway was to become assistant manager at a, a Starbucks coffee house. Good lord, I mean, good lord, that is that really is serious. 
Well, uh, it's, in other words, there's a problem with all this influx of population. Yes. True. And, and two things. I don't know why people think big business is either you know, conservative or liberal. They're soulless. All they want is money. So if they can get an Indian cheaper than an American, boom, it's done. Oh, truly. And, and no, the other no. thing I, th- I think is, you know, I went to Berkeley, right? So I can tell you, uh, hmm. not, I mean, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, but my parents paid for it. I would never, ever pay for my kids' college. If they want to go, they have to work. They have to pay it themselves because I took it totally for granted. I spent most of my time high and you know, learned all these negative uh, anti-Middle America, anti-Christian, anti-family uh, values that my parents paid big bucks for. And I think that's what's going on in a lot of, especially, um, what do they call it? Not social sciences, but liberal arts degrees. Yeah. It's just, if you're in mathematics or engineering or something like that, it's a really concrete, tangible skill. But if you're well, sitting yes. there in sociology of, of, you know, Castro or whatever, it's just, I took, I took, a, I took a, a philosophy of mind class at Berkeley. Really? Philosophy oh. of mind? Oh, <laughs> Your poor kids. I hope they're listening. <laughs> no. I I, but I, yes, I, but I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're now. College is so expensive; it's ridiculous. I paid mostly my way through college, but I was making, but I was making in in the seventies. You'd have to make three hundred thousand a year. What I was making then, and I mean, college was no big deal, like a pack of cigarettes. But what I'm saying is, uh, these kids can't pay. Minute left there, Kev. Well, I know. I I took (laughs) Donna. You've been you're very enjoyable. Uh, Thank you. I enjoyed it as well. Truly, it was a blast chatting with you. Thank Mention you. your book it. again and in your website, and okay. then we'll have to disappear. Two, two books. One, oneofeverything.com, which is my memoir, This Crazy, Crazy Life. I am a Mormon now. You might want to know that because it makes it even crazier. And then mm-hmm. the uh, book coming out in two weeks is Hail to the Chief, 10 Questions to Ask Every Oval Office Candidate. And then my website is DonnaCarolVoss.com. You can also search my name on the Blaze. Huffington Post, The Federalist, Religion News Service. I've, I've blogged for all of them. Awesome. Well, listen, we're going to send you a link to the show, and you can use that to whatever Thanks. ends you want. And you've been very enjoyable. I, we well, better say good night, Heidi, and I guess yeah. disappear into the disappear. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Okay. Good night. <laughs>